Good morning, church. See, Jeff, it's no problem. They're awake. I, uh, I too, am very grateful and thankful uh, for each of you, and um, we celebrate today. We are in our series on encountering God in everything, and today we're looking at how we encounter God in celebration. Scripture teaches us that God is a God of joy and that his people should be marked by a spirit of joyful celebration. And, uh, you know, sometimes, how, how many people, as a, an aside, how, how many people, when you listen to a podcast or something, listen to it at about 1.5 speed? You don't? It is an awesome feature because you can actually listen at 1.5 speed. And... Uh, Researchers tell us that people can actually listen twice as fast as they can speak. And so I'm sure some of you are hoping today that you wish you had this capacity live. <laughs> I've been told to try to do it at 1.5 speed because we have a great celebration waiting outside. So buckle up, little buddies, and, and here we go. Celebration, <clears throat> how is it different from how the world celebrates? I want to say this morning that Christian celebration in particular is a little bit different, although many aspects are the same. There's some dynamics that make it different. Celebration and Christianity, we see that God is the main subject and the source of our celebrations. There's central elements to Christian celebration that uh, result in their, their praise and thanksgiving, commemoration or remembering certain things of the past, singing and anticipation. It's in integral to our life, to our worship, to our fellowship and service, and they're expressed with great variety. There's lots of ways in which we can express our praise. We're going to look at that, some of them in a minute, but just if you read along the side of that slide that... You know, uh, we celebrate and with family and friends at our faith community, eating and drinking within limits, uh, music and dancing, shouting and clapping, silence and reflection, giving and offerings, laughter and love. God is a God of celebration. I want to encourage us this morning. So often we do, and rightly so, speak to the hurts of people. We wrestle that even today we know that in this room there are people that have deep struggles. You're going through pain, challenges. I remember a mentor of mine talked to me years ago about this dynamic of joy and celebration. And he said, for, Christian, the, for the Christian, the primary core emotion is joy. We move off of that at times and we swing out to pain or disillusionment, but the gravitational pull for the Christian is back to Jesus, who is joy. And there's a difference there for us. Friends, our Heavenly Father gives us endless gifts to celebrate. Family, friends, those who make up His church. In addition to wonderful occasions that we get to celebrate in the corporate gathering of the church, there are wonderful things that we celebrate, and some of us don't think it's as legitimate as what takes place in here. 
We create this dichotomy in our lives that what happens in the four walls of the church is legitimate and spiritual and real, and what happens out there is somehow secular or different and wrong, or at least not wrong, but it doesn't sort of measure up. And I just want to say today that all of life is under the loving rule of God. And so there are significant things like birthdays, graduations, anniversaries. There are celebrations like spiritual events that happen. When someone gets baptized or when they have a, make a significant decision, they're wrestling through in their quiet times and God meets them and they, they surrender an area. We see a freedom from an addiction or they're set free for some sort of emotional wound or they're filled with the Spirit, or they make a recommitment. They find an opportunity to share or to lead someone to Jesus. Maybe they get a promotion at work, a new job, completion of a major project, they reach a financial goal or some sort of educational goal. Those are reasons to celebrate with joy under God. A move to a new house or a town or a new season in life. A milestone is achieved somehow a gift of an experience with a friend or a spouse. Foods that we enjoy. Surprised by a kindness of someone. Friends, these bring joy to the heart, and love to our souls, and we celebrate under the loving rule of God. Christian celebration is different Listen to what Dallas Willard said in his book, The Spirit of the Disciplines. He said, the spiritual discipline of celebration, doesn't that seem like an oxymoron right there? Discipline and celebration. The spiritual discipline of celebration dwells on the greatness of God as shown in his goodness to us. We engage in celebration when we enjoy ourselves, our life, our world in conjunction with our faith and confidence in God's greatness, beauty, and goodness. We don't set aside our relationship with God when we celebrate something wonderful and good. Rather, Christ is within us, and under the loving rule of God, we celebrate it with him. It is a spiritual discipline or practice. Because sometimes, especially in Canadian culture, it seems like there is a culture of complaint. Would you agree? And celebration is a spiritual discipline, just like our Bible reading is a spiritual discipline. Prayer is a spiritual discipline. And these disciplines or practices help us to be able to become what we can't become by direct effort alone. And so we build a practice of celebration to enable us to become more joyful as his people and more thankful. Does that make sense? I'm just going to confess something to you today. Whether it's the pressures of ministry, whether it's all kinds of stuff that's going on, I don't know, but... Sometimes I can get way too serious. If someone told me once, he said, you're relationally intense. <laughs> My mentor asked me over a Vietnamese meal one night, 
If I were to ask Leah, are you more fun now than you were five or ten years ago, what would she say? To which I bowed my head and started playing with my food. (laughs) And he said, I thought so. Lighten up. What is it about life can grind the joy and the celebration right out of us? And the people of God, if there's anyone who should be celebrating in this life, it should be the people of God. And somehow we just get this, uh, anyway, I'll say this, the core quality of the Christian celebration is this, it's joy. It is the core quality for Christian celebration. Scripture teaches that God is a God of joy and that his people should be marked by this. Think about it. God delivered his people from Egypt, took them through the Red Sea, and then a woman, a prophet named Miriam, began to lead them in celebration with her tambourines, and they worshiped God with a new song to commemorate his deliverance. God instituted then a series of seven feasts and festivals for his people so they would gather together, remember, celebrate And these things celebrated, and they were to be done annually, instilling within his people celebrations of who God is, his deliverance, his provision, his forgiveness. And these things were Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits at Harvest, Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles or booths, all celebrating things that happened and how God met them. And then when they finally built the grand temple under Solomon, they dedicated it and Solomon blessed it for his faithful love and fulfilling his promise. And he prayed for God's people to be faithful to him. And then the celebration happened and it went on for seven days of music and feasting. And afterward, the people returned to their homes with joyful hearts because of God's goodness to them. God preserved the Jews from annihilation through a queen named Esther, and his people instituted an annual holiday or festival of Purim to commemorate God's great deliverance from their enemies. They celebrated the time God sort of turned their sorrow into gladness, their mourning into joy by feasting and giving gifts of food to each other and giving presents to the poor. You read that in Esther chapter 8 and 9. Remember the night of Jesus' birth? The armies of heaven celebrated praising God. The Messiah, the Lord, had been born, and it was good news of great what? Joy for all the people. And the angels shared this great news with the shepherds and invited them to go, and they went and saw this, and they came away rejoicing and praising God. Jesus, in his very first miracle was at a wedding celebration and at the absolute aghast thinking of some Christians, he actually turned water into wine. John chapter 2. Listen. Dallas Willard made a statement. I don't know how you can react to this. God is the happiest, most joy-filled being in the universe. I want us to say this out loud together, okay? God is the happiest, most joy-filled being in the universe. 
He goes on to say that we will never understand God, let alone encounter him in his fullness, until we believe this about him. And some of us don't. We believe God is austere, that he's a killjoy, that he's all serious, and there's nothing else. He's just out there to ruin our fun. A cosmic cop. Mariska's having too much fun. Some of us honestly believe that. There's lots of reasons we do. Perhaps things from our upbringing. Joy is at the heart of God himself. You know what struck me? I watched the the series The Chosen. Anyone watch that? If you haven't, you know what? You get through the first few episodes and suddenly it just kind of grows on you. But here's what hit me. And it hit me so hard because I didn't realize. I thought, actually, this bent in me is a reflection of what I thought about Jesus. That he was all business. He came to bring the kingdom. And it was all done, work, miracles, castings out. And it was this sort of stern look on his face. And I'm watching The Chosen, and I watched the first time when he actually healed someone. And he began to laugh with the person. And, and I, 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 just, I just took, I just, what? I never perceived Jesus filled with such joy, laughing when he healed someone. And I realized, I didn't believe he's the most joy-filled person in the universe. It'll change how we live. The second fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy. It's the evidence of the Spirit in us. I mean, we could fill this scriptures, and I'll just read one. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. C.S. Lewis said this, joy is the serious business of heaven. John Orkberg commenting on this says, it is not that we are too joyful for God's tastes, but we are not joyful enough And he said it could be that joylessness is the most tolerated sin in the church. It's not a stretch to say that joy is not an option for the follower of Christ. It's actually commanded. 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice when? Sometimes. Always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, in all circumstances. There's a big difference. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know what God's will for is for you, here's one of them. That you be a joy-filled celebrator of God and life. Jesus said in John 15, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. 
So joy is a big deal as children of God, as spirit-filled followers of Jesus. He desires his joy to be in us and ours to be full. Now, Jesus is not naive about the difficulties and challenges. He's the one who said, in this world, in just a few minutes after he told his, his disciples this in the upper room, he said to them, in this world you will have trouble, tribulation, trials. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So he doesn't turn a blind eye to pain or suffering or life or persecution that can arise on account of him, but yet he calls us to celebrate and rejoice in spite of these troubles because he's with us, because he's overcome them, because our standing before God is secure, because nothing can separate us from his love, because even the worst of suffering in this world is light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory that is coming in the life in heaven, the coming kingdom of God. So very quickly, Encountering God in joyful celebration does a few things for us. It strengthens our faith in God. It strengthens faith in God. Experiencing this kind of joy together infuses our spirit with strength. We experience his presence. We recall his work in the past and we see it in the lives of others. We acknowledge his enabling in our lives. This increases our trust and love and our gratitude for him and it fortifies us in our continued faith for the journey. I was reading this week something by Adele Calhoun, and she said, God celebrates. He invented delight, joy, and celebration. And one way we enter into this divine life of the Trinity is through celebration. Whether solemn or exhilarating, formal or spontaneous, celebration can enlarge our capacity to enjoy and serve God. Christian celebration, celebration strengthens because it both it expresses and forms our faith. Business leader who used to be the chairman of uh, Herman Miller and the, you know, the chair of the board at Fuller Seminary, Max Dupree, said celebration is actually a form of nurture. It inculcates into us what is valuable to God, important, true, and right. And as we observe his goodness and his work among us, our celebration actually encourages us to continue, continue in those things that he thinks are right and good. So it motivates us. It grows a healthy ethos within a family, within a church within a life group. It nurtures and strengthens. In that famous passage in Nehemiah chapter 8, after he says, hey, you're going to celebrate, go and buy all this stuff, food, drink, just celebrate and give. He says this, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Encountering God in celebration also generates unity in people. It generates unity. Together as a church, in our singing, we celebrate God as in one voice. In our appropriate participation in community, we, we are one body. In our eating together, celebrating in this family, we sense our oneness. We're in this together. In our serving, we see how God is edifying his church and strengthening it 
because all of us are doing its, our parts. In our giving together, we enable ministry to flourish and have functional space in which to worship, learn, fellowship, and serve. And all of this comes because together, in unity, we gave and sacrificed. And on a day like today, where we are celebrating our people, how God has been working and building momentum through our giving and serving together, it's been drawing us closer, creating unity. You know, last, I think it was last year, I was at a baseball game with my boys. Maybe it was the year before. I was, uh, we were in the 200 level, and we were watching this game. It went into the 11th inning, and one of the Jays hit a walk-off home run bottom of the 11th. I mean, the place was going crazy. Total strangers are high-fiving and hugging each other. Seriously, the guy in front of me who had way too many pops <laughs> was very, very friendly. But there was a oneness about us. We won. Celebration unifies people. And if that's true in a ball game, the depth of unity under God in the things that we do as a church is very, very important, but also when we have fun together like today. Encountering God in celebration produces passion in life. Celebration begets more celebration. It's adding spice and zest, and it gives energy to us. Now, listen to this. I didn't put it up there, but Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, when he's talking about the, cel- the discipline of celebration, says this. Perhaps the most important benefit of celebration is that it saves us from taking ourselves too seriously. Now, listen. It is the occup- an occupational hazard of devout folk to become stuffy bores. Celebration delivers us from such a fate. He goes on to say that in celebration, we celebrate. Celebration is one of those things that doesn't, it doesn't diminish with use. Rather, it multiplies. It begets more joy, more joy, more laughter, more camaraderie. And I found that in times of genuine celebration, we have the opportunity of bringing healing and wholeness to an entire community. One author said, celebration hardly does, uh, done, uh, heartily done makes our deprivations and sorrows seem smaller and less overwhelming. And lastly, Dallas Willard said that uh, holy delight and joy is a great antidote to despair and a wellspring of genuine gratitude. Friends, the benefits of encountering God in joyful celebration are many. The last one is, is this. It increases, it increases hope for the future. Someone said, where there is no power, no hope for the future, there's no power for the present. People who lose hope, they can't make it through. Where there's no hope for the future, there's no power in the present. And every small experience celebrating Jesus with us is a taste of joy to come. It infuses us with hope, but it also does something absolutely more than that. It is a taste of what's coming in the next life. C.S. Lewis said, every pleasure is a shadow of what's coming. And what awaits us. So, We lean into celebration, church. We encounter God in it. And in this joyful celebration, he strengthens our faith. 
in God. He generates unity in us, produces passion in life, and increases hope in our future. Why would we not celebrate? I'd like you to take a look at a video. I came across this by Rend Collective, and it's about the art of celebration. But listen closely to what he says and to uh, the celebration going on. Let's roll it. You see, there's an irrepressible laughter in the heart of God, and the whole universe cannot contain it. He is the one who invented celebrations and feasting and holidays. He is the one who sings and dances over us. When he suffered the cross, he did it for the joy set before him. And that joy was knowing that you and I would be fully free, no longer captive to our sin. Yes, the whole human story is described in terms of a celebration, the marriage of Christ to his bride, the church. Our God is the ultimate artist of celebration, the inventor of the party, and the healer of the broken. Now happiness is not the same thing as joy. Happiness is an emotion, a superficial response to pleasant circumstances, but joy is deeper. It's a spiritual discipline. We as people are much more inclined towards negativity and cynicism. We don't find it easy or even natural to pursue joy, and that's why God in his word actually commands us to celebrate. We must wrestle for our blessing. We must fight for our joy. How do we then remind ourselves as a wounded church family that we still have a reason to sing? How do we move from the edges and fringes of the party into the center? Well, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And to do that, we have to once again open up our hearts to wonder and beauty. I'm not saying to be fake or put on a false smile, but rather to always find a reason to rejoice, even if we are in the darkest circumstances. We come with a gospel worth celebrating before a celebrating king. And we think our response as worshippers should be obvious. We need to get down to the serious business of joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And after all, heaven's going to be the greatest party of all time. 
and we need to start practicing now. So don't get caught up in your guilt or failure. You are forgiven, you are free, and you're worth more to God than you could ever imagine. So come on, with a childlike heart, wide-eyed with wonder, let's rediscover the art of celebration. Well, this, uh, this group, I don't know if you caught the, what he said there, but they made as a group an intentional decision that they were going to start and choose to begin to celebrate as a practice. The church, I just want to encourage us. The scripture says this is the day. Not tomorrow. Not sometime in the future when everything comes in alignment with what you want to see. Today, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. So now what? What's our step? I would encourage us as a community of faith. Let's make joyful celebration a new and deeper practice. Amen.